Welcome to Sex Ed with Misty. My name is Misty Galbraith and I am a sex educator and intimacy coach. I've been trained and certified through ICE, which is the Institute for Education and Enlightenment. I come with a unique conservative slash liberal perspective on sexuality. So let's have some comfortable talks about potentially uncomfortable topics. Let's find pleasure in all its forms while holding to our inner integrity and values. We can learn to love the bodies we've been gifted with, whether we are fat, skinny, light, dark, queer, or any combination that fits you. The real, amazing, extraordinary you. Hello there. This is Ari Hayward, and I am here with my friend, Misty Galbraith. <laughs> yes, we are friends. She does know my last name. <laughs> um, and you are joining us with the Misty's Sex Ed Podcast. I have been bugging my friend to start something like this. She has so much knowledge, and uh, she's finally said yes, and here we are recording it. Um, so, Misty, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I am Misty Galbraith, and I go by she, her pronouns. I am a cisgendered white woman living in a religious conservative community. I'm a sex educator and intimacy coach. I've been trained through the Institute for Sexuality, Education, and Enlightenment, and I practice a holistic approach to sexuality. I really specialize in women's sexual health and desire and hope that we can help folks find more pleasure in the body. That's our goal. Um, I love that you started that off with your pronouns. My pronouns are also she and her. Um, I had to fight for my pronouns a little bit. A little bit of my background is um, I am trans. I was raised LDS, and which is a fairly conservative religion in Utah. And so that's shaped a lot of my experiences coming um, up as a person, but also as a person who has sex on occasion, believe it or not. <laughs> really? You're human? <laughs> you enjoy human things? Yes. So I am a male-to-female trans person. I have had surgery, and I'm enjoying life as a fairly heteronormative person right now. Um, but there is so much for me to learn when it comes to um, healthy sex for yourself or with partners, and that is one of the reasons why I am friends with Missy. I have been a part of a book group that she started, so educational, so um, eye-opening, and um, so we're going to be diving in to our first episode, talking about accelerators and brakes, and so Missy, please take it away. Okay, so first of all, the the information that we're talking about, we have not created or discovered on our own. We have Emily Nagoski to thank for that. And the book that we're basing um, all of this information comes from, uh, in large part, not all of it, but in large part, comes from the book, Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life by Emily Nagoski. And it has recently, in 2021, been updated and revised and is fabulous. And uh, chapter two of Come As You Are is all about the dual control model, which really is accelerators and brakes. So Ari, 
where do most folks think that sexual response happens in your body? When you think, oh, I'm going to be sexually aroused, where do you think that's going to happen in your body? It's 100% your sex organ. Right. People think it's between your legs. Whatever you have between your legs, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You don't have to have a base. Yeah, true, true, true. Okay. But actually, uh, sexual response happens in your brain. Okay, this is the first big diversion from what we have been taught, what we have seen modeled, what we see in the media. Um, actually, your sexual response happens in your brain. There are two main parts to sexual response, and we can liken it to driving a car as an example. So, when you get in the car, you turn on the key, and to make the car move, what do you do? Hit the gas. You hit the gas, right? So this is going to be called the accelerator. So in your sexual response, it's going to be what makes the sex happen. It's going to be your accelerator, okay? It's like what makes the car go. It's the gas pedal. So as you're coming towards the stop sign and you need to slow down or stop, what do you hit? The brakes. The brakes, right. So um, the brake is what makes the car slow or stop. And in sexual arousal, our brakes, are what keeps us from making it to our destination, whatever our destination might be. We hope that your destination is always some form of pleasure. We do not define sexual arousal as a goal that you must have orgasm to reach, or if you're a penis-bodied person that you must have an ejaculation or penetrative sex or any of that. We hope that your focus in sexual arousal is pleasure and whatever pleasure means in your body. So, the part of your brain that controls your sexual response is divided into the two parts, okay? The sexual gas pedal, or accelerator, notices all the sexy signs everywhere on the road. Everything that you see or hear, maybe smell, touch, taste, think, feel, or even believe, okay? These all send the turn-on signals to your brain, and it is functioning at a low level all the time, okay? I think believe is such a huge part, because if you believe that sex is okay, then all of a sudden it becomes way easier to sort of dive into that world and press on that gas. But if you believe that sex is not okay or that there's a problem with you, like that is a huge break for people, and they're trying to drive with their brakes still on. Right, right, absolutely. And so that brings us to the other point, the other part of the brain that is the sexual brakes, which notices all the reason not to be turned on right now. Again, everything that you see, hear, smell, touch, taste, think, feel, or believe that your brain sees as a potential threat. Now, this sends a signal to your brain to slow down the sexy time. Something is not okay, it's a threat, slow down, okay? The turn-off signals in your brain are also functioning at a low level all the time. It's just like when you're driving. At any given time, you take your foot off the accelerator, you gently apply pressure to the brake, you speed back up, you slow down, right? Those are going all the time in the car as you're driving. And for good reason. Yes. Of the time. Right, right. And they, they tend to work in balance and you safely get to your destination. What gets off on our sexual balance and arousal process is when we're trying to 
run the brakes and the accelerators together. Okay, so let's, let's just attack this a little bit as a slow pace here. The process of becoming sexually aroused is a combination then of turning on the on, or pressing the gas pedal, and turning off the off. Right, you're in the bedroom, you're turning off your off, you're saying, okay, no more breaks because I am now in a safe place, the bedroom, for doing this thing, and then you start to put on the gas pedal. Right, and a lot of people focus on the gas pedal in our society and movies and everything, right? We throw all this media attention, all these romantic books, all this, even porn, whatever, sexy lingerie. We throw all these accelerators at this desire problem, and still, we have a lot of folks who still don't have desire, <laughs> right? They're in the bedroom, they have the sexy lingerie on, everything is safe, their partner is ready to go, and they don't understand why they don't feel like having sexy time. And more often than not, it's because we need to ease up on the pressure on the brakes. It really doesn't have as much to do with the accelerator as it does letting off the pressure of the brakes. Okay? So let's, let's dive into that just a little bit more. First of all, it's 100% normal to have ebb and flow desire of arousal. It's 100% normal to not really like the sex that you're having. If it's not worth having, why would you like it in the first place, right? You're normal. Whatever your sexual response is, is normal. That's the first thing that Emily really clobbers us over the head in her book, over and over again. Whatever your response is, it's normal. You are not broken. You are not the problem. You do not need to be fixed, okay? So starting off on that platform, um, sometimes the same action can make you feel aroused at the same time it's putting on your accelerator, but at the same time, it could be also pressing your brake. Like, for example, you might like being tickled in a playful, gentle manner as your partner is kissing your neck, but you might not like that the tickling is making you laugh and pee your pants a little at the same time, right? So, so you have a ooh, playful, fun tickle going on with, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm peeing my pants right now, right? Which is putting on your brake really hard in the moment. So there's lots and lots of scenarios. Can you think of anything? Oh, uh, well, the P one specifically. There, I have a memory where one time my husband and I were still dating, and he started tickling, and I had to pee. And so then he decided to start tickling me harder. And I was like, no, this is like <laughs> this is <a> thing. <laughs> and, and for like a second, I mean, he started like trying to get me to pee my pants. Oh, I mean. was like, hold on, hold on a second. Like, is this a thing that we need to talk about? Like, do you actually have this, like, desire for me to pee? No. Okay, so that could have been an interesting conversation, but at the same time, it, it kind of put on your brakes for a second there, well, right? Yeah, you kind of had to halt the process. The brakes went on because I didn't want to pee my pants. And, you know, the break is, you know, little toddler me learning how to have bladder control is like, oh, mm -hmm. peeing in your pants right now would be bad. Right, right. <laughs> and so that break is there. And then I'm, and now I'm trying to have a conversation with my husband, the boyfriend. You know, uh, wait a second. Can I not have this break because you find it as an accelerator? <laughs> right. Okay. If you only had the verbiage then, look how, look how much progress you could have made in the moment, right? Okay. So, so 
we know, some same thing, same context, same activity happening. It can sometimes turn on the accelerator, sometimes put on the brake, and that is perfectly normal. Okay, that is perfectly normal. Um, sometimes, okay, let's just put a little caveat in here about um, brakes and accelerators. Really, can get mixed up, especially if you've had any kind of sexual trauma or threat in your life. Um, you might eventually get to where you're going with the tickling, you know, while your foot is on the brake and gas pedal at the same time, but it makes for a very uncomfortable ride and probably the drive will be very frustrating. Right. Right. So if I had peed my pants in the middle of that intimate (laughs) moment, I may have still had an orgasm, but I would have had some very conflicting feelings. Right. Right. It would have been a little bit traumatic for you. Right. Right. Okay. So, again, if you struggle with sexual arousal, it's usually too much stimulation to the break. Okay? Um, we can't emphasize that enough. No matter hard, how hard you hit the accelerator, if you have the emergency brake firmly in place, you are not going to have a fun ride. Okay? So, brakes can come in a little bit different forms, too. Well, and this might be a good time to talk about the fact that brakes don't necessarily directly correlate with sexual things. In fact, they often have nothing to do with the sex that you're having. Right. Which can be, you know, we're not necessarily told in any sort of educational format that non-sexual related things can still affect our sexual, like the sexual parts of our lives. Like that wasn't included in your sex ed class in junior high, Harry? Oddly enough. Oddly enough, enough, I had no sex ed class. We did have sex ed class in uh, Alaska, where I grew up, but it was horrifyingly scary and direct, <laughs> and it had nothing to do with pleasure. It was it was the whole scare and terror. <laughs> That's all that was. So pleasure, indeed, was never mentioned in my sex ed as I was growing up either. But thankfully, I had a mother who was very open in talking about sex and pleasure and raised me to be um, open-minded about using the right terminology for things, at least. So that was great. But maybe we should talk about a few things that might be hitting the brakes. Like, what is something that comes to your mind? If we're going to talk about why it's so important for sexual arousal to turn off the brakes, to, you know, get that foot off the brake pedal, let's address some of those brakes that have nothing to do with sex. What's something that comes to your mind? So a huge one for me that is not directly related with sex, so it, was kind of, it took me a while to really understand this, was if if our room is messy, oh, if yeah. our sheets, like if our sheets are maybe not that clean, mm-hmm. and the room is messy, it's a lot harder for me to relax and just enjoy the moment. Yeah, perfect. That's a great example. And yeah, where you're expected to have your sexy times, even right? Yeah. Maybe you've had sexy times in your messy bedroom one too many times. Maybe you would like a new environment. I would like to switch things up a little. Switch things up a little, right? Because if we're talking to a a large community of highly monogamous, really super loving, caring, wants to stay together folks, which our community is full of, then we should be addressing real life issues that they're facing, which, um, you know, switching things out, making things a little new and fresh and different or cleaner or more appealing physically in the location before any kind of sexy time starts, that could be a huge lifting of the brake. 
especially what's more sexy than watching your partner make the bed and do the dishes, right? <laughs> that can be a huge turn-on for a lot of folks. <laughs> for, for some, I have heard of, like, the, like, husband porn or, like, the daddy porn, where it's, like, just dads and husbands doing housework. Right, right. That's all it takes, right? <laughs> it actually kind of, like, for some for some things, it actually stresses me out more. Like, yeah, he does the dishes, or he he's loading the dishwasher wrong. This yeah. is not turning me on right now. I'm gonna have to go and fix that when we're done. Exactly. Yeah, it can go both ways. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. and and you know, not to, we definitely know that men are trying, right? If we're talking to women as an audience and their partners, we're not gonna assume their partners are all men. But a lot of folks have heterosexual relationships. And if you are the man, we know you're trying. Do not think in any way, shape, or form we're making fun of you. <laughs> we are only trying to educate ourselves and and all right. of our partners, whoever they may right. be. So what about stress? How do you think stress affects your sexual arousal? So interestingly enough, stress actually affects my husband more okay. than it does me. Because for me, sex is very uh, stress-relieving. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, for him, if he's had a really stressful day at work, he is not going to be able to want to be aroused. He is stressed. He right. needs to, you know, go a little numb in the brain for a little while by mm-hmm. reading a book or relaxing. Mm-hmm. But, like, touching him would distress him out more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, a massage or something would definitely help. Yeah. But, but on average, if I do nothing... Mm-hmm. And he is stressed. It's better. Okay. And that is very common for a lot of folks. Um, You can be anywhere. It's a spectrum, right? You can be anywhere on that spectrum where, man, I've had such a stressful day. I really, really just want to have some really good playful sex right now just to leave it all behind, to cleanse my body and my brain. And ah, that's just what I need, right? I'm a little bit like you on that way. I definitely... That is a stress relief for me, but I understand for other people, ramping up to having sex on top of already having a stressful day would just push them over the edge, yeah. right? And they, if you're tired, if they're if tired and they already have arousal, you know, issues with, they're already not super crazy about their partner today because that partner is the reason they are stressed in the first place. <laughs> Why would they want to have sex with them, right? <laughs> Why would that be a good thing right now? That would just ramp up the stress, right? So really the situation of your life and how your day's gone, work, coworkers, kids, school, whatever it is, all of that has a huge impact on your breaks, right? I think another thing that's really difficult, um, especially in this community, is there is a lot of pressure put around sex. You know, before marriage, it's no, 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 absolutely don't. And then all of a sudden, a switch is sort of expected to be flipped. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, sex is fine. And and it's like, well, hold on a second. I've had my foot on this brake for so long. Mm-hmm. How do I just take the foot off? Mm-hmm. Right. One day, it's no. One day, it's go. And you're expected to know what go means. Your body, your mind, everything is expected to be on board, right? Right as well as this body that maybe you're so tight you've never even been able to use a tampon before. And here you are, you know, expecting to have sex with this 
man that you love so much and you want to please and you want to have a good time with, but you, you don't know any more than he does, right? Or maybe whatever. But yeah, in that moment, <laughs> you can have a lot of anxiety and that can definitely stress you out. Um, and yeah, but so that's a really another big stressful um, outside stress that can really affect your arousal and your pleasure, right? Because it all comes back to if you're going to have a pleasurable experience or not, which is what we need to keep coming back to. There are also, though, some breaks that are very internal, like body image, shame, performance anxiety. How good am I going to be at this? Oh my gosh, I've got such big thighs. I wonder if we can keep the lights out. I wonder if I can wear enough wool, you know. My thighs are huge. Is that why? <laughs> huge thighs are a bonus. <laughs> They're so fun and playful. It's, you know, it's all in your perception, right? But these are huge internal breaks that have nothing to do with our partner. They have nothing to do with how clean or dirty our bedroom is or wherever we choose to have sexy playtime, right? And they don't have anything to do with the traditional accel accelerators. You know? No. More lingerie doesn't make your breaks go away. Right. It doesn't reduce the size of your thighs in the end. <laughs> no matter how black the stockings are, <laughs> it does not change their circumference. I don't know. Um, yeah, so those, you know, there are a lot of worries um, that come with having sex. Sometimes even just the expectation that, oh, it's been a week, your time's up, time to have sex, just that obligation to have it um, also can be a huge break because you're like, wait a minute, I don't feel like having that. I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm disenchanted with my partner right now, whatever it is, you know, but you just go ahead and do it anyway because you're obligated, right? So that's not the best way to experience pleasure either. But let's talk about a little more about accelerators because we know how important it is to take off those breaks, okay? Really, sexual arousal problems, biggest part of it, release the breaks, okay? The internal breaks could be considered the emergency break that you have your hand on, that you hold onto for dear life. It could be things that you've experienced from trauma, you know, and your body image and in these internal breaks that we've been talking about. A little more accessible breaks would be, you know, partner satisfaction or your bedroom, what it looks like. Little things, things that are a little more controllable in your thinking um, that are not as hard is maybe turning off the emergency brake. But there are a couple different kinds of brakes too. So not only is there only one accelerator, there's two brakes, right? To deal with. So we have yeah. some internal brakes and we have some external brakes. So it's good to peel those apart too and realize that, you know, I my room is clean and um, you know, Mr Mr. Nice Guy over there did the dishes and he's looking pretty good. Oh man, he just got out of the shower. I still don't feel like having a sexy time. What's wrong. So all the external things are in place, but internally, I don't know, whatever does it for you. Maybe you ate, you know, six of the 12 donuts that you brought home. Maybe you told your partner that you got six donuts, but you really got 12 and you ate six of them on the way home. You know, what, whatever triggers your internal yuck, right, about how you feel about yourself, that Think about that as a different kind of break that might be going on, even when other things externally seem okay. You know, take just a little glance inside yourself and see. And maybe you can do something like 
it's okay to have sex in the dark and not have to be self-conscious about what your thighs look like or how big those donuts look in your belly right now. You know that what you look at when you see your body is not what other people see. We know that the way that we see our bodies is not how that other person sees it to start with. Oh, I mean, this is, we are coming out of the pandemic, right? It's, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, we're right. We're starting to come out of the pandemic. We've all been quarantined. I have gained like 25 pounds. As has pretty uh, much everybody on the planet, yeah. right? That's a worldwide epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, that's, right. that is such a huge thing. And I have to remind myself, hold on a second. I am wearing all of my same clothes. Like, <laughs> as much as I feel like I have ballooned up, that's mm-hmm. more in my head than is actually going on. Right. In the real world. Right. It's like the 25 pounds in my mind are a thousand, and I am now about to, you know, need surgery. (laughs) Well, and also, really, how many pounds your body weighs has nothing to do with it having sexual pleasure. We need to really have a whole episode about that. But um, it can be a huge break, you know. It's uh, it's in your perception of yourself, how you're seeing yourself. And... uh, and all of that acceptance. But what let, what might be, let's flip this around and be a little positive for a minute before we end. Um, some common things that might activate your accelerator besides the media stuff that's thrown at us. What about thinking about why you fell in love with your partner in the first place? You know, well, there is that game. Have you seen those ads? There's like a card game where you basically ask each other some like pretty like deep questions about each other or about the relationship. They're they're phenomenal. Hmm. I wish my husband wasn't a tree <laughs> or he talks. <laughs> yeah. And we can play that card game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just thinking about or if even if you're super brave and awesome, how about saying out loud to your partner why you fell in love with them in the first place. See how fast that puts on your accelerators. Because then what you're doing is you're making more space in your brain, which is where sexual arousal happens, is in your brain. You're making more space for pleasure because you're focused on the positive and you're not thinking about all of the breaks. You're opening yourself to an accelerator of positive feelings and characteristics of your partner. Because they're there. They are there. That's why you chose them, right? Whatever, however long-term or short-term or whatever in between your partner is, there is something that attracted you to that partner, right? Exactly. So thinking about that, dwelling on the positive aspects of your partner. Um, Also, how about feeling wanted by your partner? How often does your partner say something complimentary to you and you brush it off or you don't believe it? That's true, yeah. Right? They're trying quite often, and we don't even allow it to, you know, breach our defenses or make it past our bulletproof vest. Yeah. <laughs> well, and kind of similar to how we view maybe our weight. Yeah. We view our weight as something different than what the, us, like the whole world sees. Right. And that kind of goes the same with the, the you know, maybe the compliment is is genuine and, and wonderful and, and beautiful, but we perceive the compliment as, oh, he's trying to get this. Mm. Oh, 
you know, nefarious purposes of behind it. Yes, yes. yes. Or, or it just simply might be, oh, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, that can't so, be true. I'm, you know, I'm post-COVID body. I'm yeah. post-baby body. <laughs> I'm post-menopausal body. I, I mean, there's an excuse for everybody, right? Well, and I mean, more specifically, women, we will end up having an episode about just some of the, the pressures that have been put on on women or even just female identifying mm-hmm. um, individuals. And not even pressure put on by other people, but we've been taught yeah. to internally feel these pressures all right. this time, and we have some unlearning to do there, for sure. All right, so feeling connected to your partner. That's something that has nothing to do with how you look, uh, what's going on externally, right? Um, having some fun connection to your partner. It could be sexy texting when they're on the way home. It could be um, having an activity that you both enjoy together. How fun is that? You know, or holding hands. One, one sex researcher swears by the six-second kiss. And this is not six one-second kisses. This is one kiss that lasts for six seconds. And they recommend this for all long-term partnerships. To practice daily. Six seconds, a nice, juicy kiss. That is long enough to start feeling that connection that maybe life in general has gotten in the way of. It happens to everybody. Everybody has life. It happens every day. Everybody has to do their stuff, right? <laughs> Whatever their stuff might be. And stuff gets in the way, um, especially over time. And we lose a little bit of that spontaneous magic that is you don't seem to have to work at. And when it starts to become work, we start thinking that's a negative thing when in reality, it means you care enough about that person to keep trying, right? Exactly. So there's another idea for an accelerator, a six-second kiss. And that was John Gottlieb who developed that idea in his relationship book. Um, Even simply, how about thinking about sex? Right? There are a lot of people, Ari, believe it or not, not you and me, but there are some people in the world who do not just sit and think about sex all the time. (laughs) There really are. We are not two of them, but... (laughs) I've been told. I've been told they exist. Um, yeah, because uh, obviously I read and study and write about sex and sexual topics constantly, so it's it's always in the forefront of my brain. But a lot of people don't have an excuse to sit and think about sex. So sometimes just taking five minutes before maybe sexy time is going to happen, maybe think about some kind of fun encounter you had in the past or think about a fun fantasy that you have about this partner or... Set yourself up mentally because where does sexual arousal happen, Ari? The brain. The brain. (laughs) And we can help that thinking in our brain, right? It's our brain. We can somehow control it when we need to, when we want to. We may feel like we can't, but that's not true. We We can help it along the right path, right? So even just simply thinking about sex. And these are all safe, connected, awesome accelerators that conservative folks can do that do not include reading erotica or watching porn or the things that the world necessarily would tell you are the best accelerators, maybe for your inner integrity, maybe some some of these ideas would help expand your horizons. 
Well, and I think expanding horizons is, is such a huge part. I mean, whether you stick to some more traditional conservative approaches to intimacy and sex with your partner, like even if you are into all the kinks and are a polyamorous person, sometimes what we need is to expand our horizons a little bit and and go a different route. Right. And that's why I think it's so important to really sort of flush out your accelerators. Don't just stick with what such and such website says is the you know, the, the five best toys for getting yourself in the mood. Right. You know, right. maybe expand that a little bit more. Maybe it, it's more about those conversations, the connection. Maybe it's about, you know, breathing. Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. We do Wim Hof together sometimes and that's that's amazing because mm-hmm. you get to the state of such relaxation. Mm-hmm. Or even the opposite. I was talking to one couple that likes to go um, on a run in the morning yeah. together, right? And they come back to the house and they're huffing and puffing. And their huffing and puffing turns right into huffing and puffing 60 times. And they're like, it's amazing how when you're already breathing hard, how fun it can be to just have some playtime, right? Yeah. So, yeah, open your eyes to new and awesome experiences that your body might enjoy. And don't be afraid to try new things, even if they seem a little bit naughty or a little bit um, milky white. You know, if you've already been on the naughty side, maybe, you know, maybe the other side would do something. So there's so much new research that's super exciting that we'll get into on this podcast, too, about creating magnificent sex. So sex worth having, right? And this talking about brakes and accelerators is just dipping our toe into recognizing in your body, recognizing pleasure, and recognizing ways to help encourage pleasure. And this is just a very introductory topic to lots more fun that we're going to talk about. Um, So kind of on our last little note here, Let's say I'm a woman and I'm experiencing sexually, sexual difficulties, okay? I want to know why I don't feel like having sex, okay? So I'm going to ask myself a few questions. I'm going to say, well, how sensitive is my accelerator? You know, do I have to get an army boot on and stomp down for all I'm worth to get that gas pedal to move? <laughs> Maybe I'm just the kind of person who does, right? And that's okay if you recognize that you're that kind of person. Maybe you just aren't used to thinking about sex. Maybe you aren't used to having sexy times. Maybe it just doesn't come naturally to you, right? And that is okay. If you want to have more sexual arousal, though, recognize that that is kind of your trait, okay? Maybe your accelerators are not very sensitive. But what is one? what are one or two things that might make it so that you can tap the gas pedal with a tennis shoe instead of an army boot and get it to move, right? Identify one or two fabulous sexual experiences that you've had or that you've fantasized about in your past and bring those into your, into your daily existence, right? Whatever that means to you. Having magnificent sex doesn't even require a partner. Make sure we know that too. Um, so think about your accelerator and if it is sensitive or not. And just to kind of another another way to look at it is you're learning how to drive your car, mm-hmm. you know. And every car is a little bit different. I mean, when when most people jump into my car, the brake is really sensitive, mm-hmm. and the first couple.
couple times, you know, the stops are really jerky because they're just not used to a car that has such a specific brake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you've probably jumped into a car of, you know, you're borrowing a friend's car and you put your foot on the gas and, whoa, yeah, you just rock off. Yeah. Right? So I think it's so important for us to just, like, think about it as we're learning to drive this car. Mm-hmm. And just because the brakes are sticky or just because the accelerator takes time, you know, it's not a, a bad thing. It's, it's something we can work with. It's a thing we can still learn how to drive from point A to point O. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. We can learn to adjust the uh, pressure that we put on that accelerator, yeah. right? And, and another caveat for those of you with a super touchy accelerator, it loves to go full throttle all the time and you end up getting yourself in trouble in your life. And, <laughs> Having situations that you might regret, just know that you too, that you too are normal, right? This yes. too is normal. And for those of you who might be jealous of the fast accelerators, it is not always convenient to walk around aroused. It is not always convenient to have such an easy hit accelerator. Uh, it leads to moments of feeling a little bit sexually out of control and dependent on masturbation to get you through the day and it can be very inconvenient so let there not be accelerator envy is what i'm saying learn what your accelerator is like and how to adjust the context of your life to work with your accelerator as well as your brakes so those people with a little bit like maybe they've got the the handbrake and the foot brake on all the time learning to recognize those internal as well as external breaks, is going to be key in increasing your sexual arousal, thus increasing the pleasure in your life. Pleasure equals health. It really does. Pleasure, health, happiness. It goes together. And what better way to fight aging, to conquer your menopausal body, to make that transition that you needed to make in your life, then seeking pleasure and acceptance in your body and learning and understanding about your brakes and accelerators is key to that. You can change. Yes. You are not helpless. I, I've done it. I've been <laughs> changing. Right. Right? It is something that we can adjust in our thinking because where does sexual arousal happen, Ari? In my brain. Okay. <laughs> And I think that kind of wraps us up for today. I think so. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. um, By the way, if there are any um, terminology that we used in this episode that seemed a little bit confusing, we we do have a separate episode that we've recorded um, that is just to cover some of the terminology that might be a little bit um, different, especially when it comes to um, sexual identity, sexual orientation. So if you had any questions about those sorts of things, just check out that episode that covers um, the different terminology. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.